Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Lucas Root. Lucas has a consulting business in which he works with individuals who have a well-funded, great idea, but don't quite know how to execute it. Welcome, Lucas. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Chris. Well, I love this topic. Anything to do with the brain and productivity. Wow, this is going to be awesome. But before we jump into it, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? I, I would love to. So um, I, I, went to, I went to school. I got a degree. I went and got a job. Um, you know, the thing you're supposed to do. I was on Wall Street. I I worked there for 17 years in mergers and acquisitions. I was sort of on the back end in the projects world. Um, I was the guy who would put together the companies after a merger was, you know, figured out, Ah. Um, which is amazing. It was amazing work. Yeah. Um, It also gave me extraordinary exposure to some of the, you know, some of the brightest minds out there, like really crazy smart people that have done amazing things because let's not forget that a merger happens between two companies both of whom are successful for some reason or another um after uh after about 13 years so about four years before i left wall street my wife and i were sitting down to um you know our our anniversary dinner it it was about 10 years ago now and she looked across the table at me and with with all the love in her heart, she said to me, "You look like death." Oh. Now we're we're still married, so that moment worked out well for us. <laughs> <laughs> she was right. I mean, I have pictures of that moment. Um, it was I was letting my job kill me, and ultimately, we're all responsible for our own life. So it's not that my job was killing me; it's that I was letting it kill me. Yeah. And I might have been lined up for a heart attack early in life if I hadn't made some significant changes. And who knows? Cause you know, we don't have two parallel universes that we can run to Lucas's and see what might happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, she and I, we, we took that dinner and instead of, you know, doing eye gazing and sniffing roses, we started planning out our future, um, which may have been the most romantic thing to do in the moment. Yeah. And that involved building the consulting company that I now run and, and getting out of Wall Street. It also, it also involved building practices into my life that have become the thing we're talking about now, the ways to make sure that I'm creating productivity without just burning myself out on both ends. Well, uh, so we're going to use your experience then, uh, personal and professional, to dive into the topic for today. So what do we need to know about brain management for productivity? Where do we need to go here? Some, some fun things first. Yes. The brain has multiple different states. We, you know, as, as biological creatures, we live in this nice, like, um, continuous path forward where we don't necessarily feel 
changing gears. Like we, we drive our, we drive our brain kind of the way, um, you know, a continuous variable transmission car, a CVT car drives where there's no, there's no gear shifting, but, but our brain does have gears. It does have different speeds. It does have different states. And each of those states is valuable for different reasons. So, uh, spending a few minutes, even getting a basic understanding for that is good time spent. Like that's a, that's a very valuable thing to do because the states that your brain is in are valuable in different ways. So for example, um, everybody talks about meditating and how awesome meditation is. And there are a couple of different reasons for that. One of the reasons is that it gives you an opportunity to do behavioral training, self-behavioral training. Another reason is that it helps you change your brain state. Um, if during your meditation, if you're good at this, if you came into the meditation with a little bit of calm, even not overwhelming calm, but just a little bit of calm, then you'll come out the other end of the meditation in a brain state that's called theta. Hmm. Doesn't really matter what the, the the names are. You when you when you start studying this, you'll learn them. But the the theta brain state is an incredibly powerful tool for um, uploading information. I'm using computer terms in this case um, mm -hmm. because our brain works in a very similar way some of the time. Uploading information, so you can read a book and the information goes into your brain very quickly from reading that book, or you could listen to a podcast and the same thing, the information goes into your brain very quickly. You could also open up social media or um, watch the news. And the same thing is true. Your information is going into your brain very quickly. So you have to be very careful about how you choose to ingest that information when you're in theta brain state. Um, now that theta brain state exists in a couple of different ways. You can get it after meditation. Um, by definition, you're in the theta brain state when you wake up from sleeping. So you could use that brain state first thing in the morning. And this is one of the reasons why when you read the habits of really successful people, a lot of them talk about reading a nonfiction book first thing in the morning it's because they're yeah. in that theta brain state and it allows them to ingest and upload that information very efficiently, very quickly. So I'm going to pause there before I dive into this further. There's, there's a reason why I talk about it in terms of shifting gears in terms of understanding what those brain states are. Cause again, they have a purpose, a function. And you, if you use them well, they can be really powerful tools. Um, so we can keep talking about this, but I want to pause so we can actually have a conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is fascinating. Please dive in. Cool. Um, there are also things that cause us to switch brain states. So meditation, sleeping, those are things that cause us to switch into theta. Um, it's also important to understand the things that cause us to switch out of theta. Partly because when we want to be in theta, we want to make sure that we're not doing those things that cause us to switch out. Yeah. Our theta brain state is inimical. It's, it's, it's opposite from the brain state that drives, that, uh, drives decision making. 
when you're making decisions in your life, any kind of decisions, it doesn't matter what they are, you're moving yourself out of the theta brain state and it's very effective. So a small decision you might, it might be like, you know, taking a half step out the door. But even one big decision, you're you're fully out the door. Theta is done and you've moved into the brain state where you're making decisions, which is a brain state called alpha. That's not a bad thing. It's it's a powerful tool to be able to switch brain states. It's yeah. also really important to understand that making a decision ends your theta brain state. That sort of um, happy, uh, you know, kind of halfway high. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's, it's not drug induced. It's it's a brain state that you go into naturally and that we use naturally. But it's this like halfway high brain state where you're just letting information into your brain. Making decisions get you out, gets you out of it. So, for example, if you get up in the morning and you don't have a morning routine, then the first thing that you have to do every day when you get up in the morning is you have to make a decision about what you're going to do next. Ah, switching out of theta immediately, huh? <laughs> switching out of theta immediately. And all these things that are really cool about using theta become unavailable for the moment. Now you can get back in if the decision you make is to go meditate, then you're turning theta back on. Yeah. That's cool. But so, now you've had to do extra work in order to turn theta back on. <laughs> yeah. And then energy is limited. Yeah. Energy is limited. The decisions that we can make are limited. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody has the same 24 hours, but how we choose to use them makes a difference in terms of how much we get done at the end of the day. And I don't just mean work. Um, if you're going to do a certain amount of work every day and you're less efficient about getting that work done, that also means you have less time to spend with people that are important to you and less time to spend working out and maybe even less time to spend sleeping. Yeah. Those are the mistakes that I was making when I was on Wall Street. Those were the mistakes that were creating the capacity for burnout. So it sounds like being more aware of what brain state we're in, in the moment. So we have the alpha waves. So that's when we're being intentional, like making a decision about something, it sounds like. And then theta, is that more kind of like in flow? Yeah. I, I think of alpha as like, um, the executor, the, the executive brain state. Ah. Now we can exist in some of these brain states simultaneously. So you could be in alpha um, and beta at the same time. Beta with a B as opposed to theta with a TH. Yeah. Um, if you were in alpha and beta at the same time, that's what people think of as creative flow. Ah. Where you're doing things, right? You're you're you you are making decisions, but you're making decisions inside of the creative flow. Now ask yourself, little little memory work here. Ask yourself if you've ever been in creative flow, you've been making decisions, you've been doing things. It's working. You're having fun, you're getting stuff done, and then you make a decision that's outside of creative flow. Did you feel different after you made that decision that was outside of creative flow? So, for example, uh, let's just say you were writing 
um, con- you're doing content creation, you're writing a paper or you're writing a presentation or you're, um, you're, you know, you're writing a, a proposal for a client and you, you actually got into flow while you were doing it, even if you don't necessarily know how you did that. So all the decisions that you're making in the in the moment in flow while you're making that um, putting that piece of work together, they they make sense. They're they're inside the flow of that project. But then you decide something because alpha is on. You're making decisions. You decide something that's outside of the flow of that project. Let's say you decide to go take a look at your email. I'm not sure why you made that decision, but you decide to go take a look at your email, right? And it uh-huh. happened, and then you look at your email, and all of a sudden you feel different. So take a moment, think about that. Does does that resonate? Have you felt like that before? Absolutely. And what comes to mind is like perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> why did I do that? What was I thinking? Yes. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, that is. Oh, wow. So how do we how do we use this, this knowledge to be more productive? So maybe being aware and aligning our tasks with the different brainwaves? Yes, that's exactly right. Additionally, so understanding the brainwaves and how they come up and how to use them is valuable. Additionally, I have noticed and this is in me and life is an experiment of N equals one, right? Yep. I have noticed in me that certain kinds of brain states happen much more easily at different times of the day. And maybe yeah. that's because of the workflow that I have. Maybe it's because of the habits that I have. It, it doesn't really matter. I've, I've noticed that. And so I've started to align my activities to more closely match that rhythm of my brain state throughout the day. I love that. Now, what would you say to those folks? Uh, Because it sounds like we can also create brain states for ourselves, right? Those that maybe don't have as much control over their day, right? Like maybe they have certain meetings that are scheduled at certain times and they can't change them. The boss is making them do certain things. What are some ways maybe that they can adjust to fit an unchanging schedule? Yeah. Um, And you're, you're 100% right. We can create brain states. Um, we can get into flow with intent in the moment relative to the task at hand. So we could be in a meeting flow and have that be different from a creative presentation flow, which is different from an answering emails flow. Yeah. It's actually very cool. Once you get into this and start really working on maximizing your use of those different brain states and getting into and out of them, you you end up having a lot more control over the way that your brain is engaged. Um, and I'm going to give you some tools and some, some tips and tricks that are going to make it easier to move into and out of those flow states. Cool. Um, in addition to that, so yes, we can impose those brain states as needed in order to suit the schedule that we don't have control over. We can also reach out now that there's a reason, there's a value add, there's a benefit to our boss, to our organization, right? We can also start to impose a little bit of pushback, a little bit of internal control on that schedule. Oh, absolutely. And 
and that that's a challenging conversation to have. I know I've, I've had it myself many times. <laughs> um, but again, think about it from a benefits perspective. When you go to your boss and say, "I just don't feel like going to a meeting right now," your your boss is going to be like. <laughs> I, I really don't care if you feel like going to a meeting. But if instead you go to your boss and you say, <laughs> I've noticed that I am very productive at producing the presentations that you need me to be good at producing from 10 to noon every day. Can we please try not to schedule meetings during that time? Trust me when I say this, your boss nice. is going to say, oh, oh, yeah, let's Let's work on that. <laughs> Let's make sure that we do less meetings in that time so that you can maximize that productivity. Yeah. Anytime we can attach it to productivity or the bottom line, right? Yep. And the, yep. the way that you talk about it is really valuable too. Hey, I've noticed that I'm really productive at doing this thing that's important to you between these times. Let's try to maximize that. Your boss is going to be like, mm-hmm, I'm in. <laughs> so that's I love it. Yeah. Now let's talk about some tips and tricks that'll help you get into and out of those brain states much more fat, much more, you know, efficiently and effectively. Um, when you're in executive mode alpha, when you're really like making decisions and hardcore about it, you start to build up a list in your brain. It's just natural. It's what our brain does. It keeps track of things. Yeah. I need to do this. I need to get to that. I need to call that person. I need to go to the bathroom in 25 minutes. I need to get another drink of water. I'm a little bit sick. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to sneeze in 14 seconds, right? <laughs> it's really funny. You're, you, the, the list that you have in your brain is, it, it's not well organized, but it's there and your brain just keeps track of stuff and the list gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels a little bit overwhelming. But um, once you know that your brain is doing this, it's natural. Everybody's brain does it, whether you're aware of it or not. Your, your brain is doing this, trust me. Once you know that it's happening, then you can start paying attention to the way that that interacts with your daily life. By that, I mean, I can't do that other thing because I still have these four things that are on my list that I have to get done. Have you ever had that feeling, that thought in your head? Like, I, I want to go oh, do yeah. this thing, but I have these other four things. Yeah, all the time. And, it, and it's not necessarily even planned. They were just there on your list, right? You know that you've got this list. Now, the, the list itself in your brain will actually make it more challenging to switch brain states. It'll make it more challenging to move into creative flow or um, athletic flow, right? The same flow that you feel when you're running or uh, into theta, the information download flow. It, it, it's actually more challenging to change brain states when you have that list. So the first thing you have to do when you want to change brain states is that you have to write down everything that's in your head. What's cool about your brain is when you've written down, and I find that it has to be actually handwritten. I'm a computer user, right? Yeah. Um, I love using my computer. I write emails. I write presentations all the time. Um, I find that I actually have to handwrite these lists. But once you've done that, now your brain is like, oh, okay. 
I don't have to keep track of that anymore. That job is done and it will release the list. So now your list is down to zero. Now it's not going to yeah. stay at zero. You it's downloaded. Start <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's not going to stay at zero. It's going to start adding again. You, you know, in five minutes, you're going to know that you need to go to the bathroom in 24 minutes, right? <laughs> the, the list will start building again. But for that moment, you're at zero. Yeah. And that, that's the first biggest impediment to moving into a flow state. Number two, whatever brain state you were in, you have to go into neutral. It's kind of like driving a car. You need to, an, a manual transmission car, you need to go into neutral in between gears. Now, we haven't talked about what neutral is yet, but there is actually a way to get into neutral. Um, can you guess, and it's okay if you don't get it, but can you guess how to move into a neutral state? Like, what does it look like to be in a neutral state? Have you ever felt that before? Go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I know one thing I do is I go sit and I stare out my window for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. Um, moving into a neutral state, um, if you have a pattern and your brain recognizes that pattern, it'll use it. So you going to sit and stare out the window, the brain recognizes the pattern and it just follows it. It's like muscle memory. Our, our whole body works on a muscle memory sort of flow, right? Huh. Yeah. Our brain does the same thing. If, if we've got a pathway, it'll just, it'll just go down that pathway. For example, your, you know, your sister, your brother comes in, they have drama, they, they bring the drama to you, you get embroiled in the drama. And now all of a sudden you <laughs> went from having a good day, feeling good to not, you know, you're, you're stuck in this drama and you're, you're feeling the energy of the drama. It's, it's not because your sister did that to you or your brother or your best friend, whatever it is. It's because you have right. a pathway that's, that's well established and your brain's like, Oh, okay. I know what to do with this. And it just goes <laughs> down that pathway. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, it's a little annoying when it's happening, but it's also very cool that the mechanism exists and it means that we can reuse that mechanism for other things. Oh, absolutely sitting and staring out the window for a minute. Yeah. That's that pathway. Right. Huh. Yeah. For other people who don't have a pathway established, you know, something where your brain says, okay, I know what to do with this. I, I know how to play. Um, they need to use something that's powerful to cause an interrupt. Now I like to think of this like, um, wagon wheels in a groove. Okay. I use wagon wheels and not cars. So wagon wheels in a groove, right? You're going down the road. There's a groove from all the wagons before. You're in that groove. Well, in order to get out of that groove, it's actually rather challenging to, to you know, push the wagon out of that groove to make a different path. Unless there's an interrupt. There's something that pops you up outside of that groove. And what might do that? Well, a pebble in that groove is going to pop you up and now you're out of the groove. What do we do to create a pebble in our groove? Well, a really powerful tool to give us a momentary respite, a momentary pop out of our groove is something that 
uses both a combination of body movement and emotion. And for most people, one of these two things will work every single time, either turning on music and dancing. Ooh. Yep. It's a, it's amazing. It is magical. Even for people who don't dance well, even if you feel self-conscious when you're dancing, this is a magical tool to pop you out of your groove. Or if you really can't get yourself into a dance, maybe you're at work and that would just draw too much attention. <laughs> an alternate would be shadow boxing. Oh. And if you use sound effects, onomatopoeia, you know, boom, bang, pow. Yeah. Even more effective. Oh, cool. But it's amazing. This sounds like They're fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for people who don't have the pathway that you have, Chris, that allows them to just go back into that neutral state by sitting in the, in the chair and looking out the window for a minute or two, dancing pops you up out of the groove and it gives you access to neutral for a short period of time. Now, what's going to happen to a wagon that's been bumped up by a, uh, you know, by a pebble in the groove? Well, you, you have a moment where you could set a new path, but it's going to come back down into the groove in just a moment. So you really only have a few moments, right? Yeah. And that's true for our brain too. So once you've used this, you have to make use of it very quickly. Time is actually of the essence here. And it's got to be a pattern for you. It's got to be a habit. It's got to be a ritual or a routine because if you make decisions while you're doing it, what happens when you make a decision? You pop into that executor, that alpha. Yeah. So we have to know what we're going to do ahead of time. So um, number one, write down your list. Number two, dance, shadow box, sit in a chair and stare out the window. Um, ironically, <laughs> sitting in a chair and staring out the window is not necessarily better unless that's the pathway that you already have. Yeah. I like the dancing thing. Might have to try that one. Oh, you're going to love it. That's what I do. <laughs> I dance. It reminds me of that button, the 30-second dance party that I think I'm going to get now. <laughs> Oh, yes. I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, their sales are going to pop up. They're going to wonder why. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what did we do? What did we do? <laughs> so, and then we switched to that intentional brain state. Yep. Now, now you're in a neutral brain state. Now, our brain, very much like a computer, accepts programming. So this is why I said you have to be careful about what you choose to ingest when you're in theta. Well, when you're in neutral, you can create programming as well. In this case, the programming that you want to use um, is something like a mantra. But in, it's going to be a very simple mantra that helps your brain know what's going to happen for the next, let's say, half an hour. That mantra is going to be um, for the next 30 minutes. So you have to put time in because while Einstein has very clearly established that time does not exist, um, our consciousness still exists in a continuum that uses time. And because we use it, that's the way we think about the world, and that's the way our brain processes this information, right? So yeah. whether time exists or not, we have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a social oh, construct we've agreed upon. There we go. <laughs> we have. We have, and yeah. we think about the world in that respect. Yes. 
Um, so for the next 30 minutes, so that's the time component, I'm going to be in creative flow, right? So that's helping your brain understand the way that you want to feel from a brain state perspective, creative flow. And you have to know what that means in order for that to really work. But you can establish those pathways at the same time, creative flow and the feeling. Right? Yeah, I love it. So for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be in creative flow doing this thing, let's say presentation for, for work, right? Doing presentation for work. At the end of 30 minutes, I'm going to take a break. A dance break. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, a bathroom break and get some water break and write down your mental list break. I like that. And the brain's like, okay, let's do this. That oh, that's so powerful. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's like casting a productivity spell. We're all witnessing <laughs> that the spell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So now, how can people learn more about this? What are some resources they can tap into? And, and this may be the point where you talk about your products and services as well. But what are some ways people can learn more about this? Yeah. Um, one, in the morning, set out, a, set out a book, right? We're in that theta brain state. Have a book there. Just have it be your plan when you go to bed to wake up in the morning and read for 20 minutes. And the thing that you should be reading is books about brain states. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And any in particular? Um, uh, yes, I will send them to you. Oh, cool. I'll put them yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be fun. It, it's, it's hard reading for, you know, middle of the afternoon or, or 7 p.m., you know, when your kids are bouncing around. But for 5 a.m., between 5 and 5.20 a.m., you don't have any judgment turned on in your brain yet. You're not looking for excitement. You're not looking for sci-fi or fantasy or fiction, right? It's the perfect time for you to really be able to just let this stuff come in and yeah. be in free flow information download. And that gives you the opportunity to really get into some of this information. So that's number one is do some reading about it. Number two, follow my, not even me, follow my my very good friend, Dr. Chris Lee, he talks about brain states a lot in his social media. Um, and he is a good friend and he knows a lot about this stuff. Um, so this is me actually recommending somebody else. <laughs> Same with the book. <laughs> awesome. Um, so the, the, the two together, I, I talk about this stuff a little bit, but I talk it really like surface level. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Um, this conversation, Chris, that you and I have had is much deeper than I talk about on social media. But Dr. Chris Lee, he talks about it at this level all the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so follow him because because he's a he's a better influencer for this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about your products or services for the listeners? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do teach this stuff and I'm very thorough in how I teach it, but I don't teach it so much in social media. I teach it when I'm coaching. Um, the best place to find me as a, as a coach is through what I'm calling the ultimate credibility bootcamp, which is a very cool um, two day bootcamp where me and my partner, Mitchell Levy, um, we 
help you understand what it is to 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 show up in the world as the real you um, and why that matters and how to make sure that you're making the best use of the tools that are available to you so that when people go looking for you and looking at you, what they see is the best version of you, the real you. Um, and they can interact with you from that perspective. And that could be buying your products and services. Um, or it could be, you know, deciding that they want to be your best friend, or it could be, um, and you know, we're not dating coaches, but it could be dating. Yeah. Um, and we put that on quarterly and I, I, I believe it'll be coming up in about a month and a half. Awesome. Okay, and so to find out more information, people go to lucasroot.com? Yes. Awesome. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Thank you. Okay, we are at that point. What is your final piece of advice? Um, I, you know, I've gone to this a few different times, but read, read books, um, read a lot. I, I think too few people recommend this. Reading is an amazing tool. Um, a, a book is a, a front row ticket to a performer's absolute best performance. And when they take the time to write a book, when they take the time to put it together, it is their best work. Um, it's It's been considered and reconsidered dozens of times by themselves and experts around them. Um, and this is their front row seat to the best work that they can do. And it's available to you for a couple of bucks. Read a lot. <laughs> yes. That's my, my best advice. Read a lot. And there's even the library, which it's free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's no excuses. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Lucas. My pleasure, Chris. This was amazing. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Lucas, visit his website at lucasroot.com. Christina delivers her speeches to diverse global industries on a variety of topics. You can learn more about booking her for your event at christinaeans.com.